0: The Masquerade of Death Talis Negari woke up. She woke up in a box. She did not know where she was, or why it was so dark where she was. All that could be known was that she was in a very small space, surrounded only by dark and by the reverberation of her own screams, all jolting back toward her from the walls and ceiling of her concealment. At her last reckoning, she was very ill. In fact, most around her were and many of those died, but she could still hear many more of the sounds what appeared to her ears to be clawing at lids. Perhaps her mother was not dead either, and had been prematurely put away. Perhaps nearly all of her family that had suffered such a fate had actually been put away before their time.
1: The Ring I may have been a bit inebriated, but I saw what I saw. I went back to that tree with an axe I took from my daddy's shed. I hacked and cut and chopped at that tree until I could split it open. It took me much of the night. What was... was inside of it? You know what it was I found inside that tree? A finger. One finger. That was all. I knew it was Nunzio's finger because it had that ring on it that his father gave him. Just like that ring you got on right there. That
2: exact one. The sins of the past. Each passing second put more odds between grandfather and grandson and created more pitted nausea and dread for Kevin. He dreaded what he might learn if he could ask Martin any of his straining posits. At 8 o'clock, several hours after the nurse left, Kevin heard strange and nearly unintelligible words expressed over the baby monitor that was in Martin's room. Martin knew to call for Kevin if he needed anything, But much of the time otherwise, Kevin left the old man to rest. The words were nothing of asking for assistance, but sounded more as if Martin were speaking to someone, even asking why the other person had come to see him, followed by exasperated cries
3: for mercy. The curse of Mary Rowling. As suddenly as the clock clicked, there was a faint but shrill shriek coming from somewhere in the house. Somewhere undetectable, but still as present as a lifeless body. Jake quickly closed his eyes, unable to cope with what had happened. Jake jaunted upward in bed, looking profusely about, seeing that there was nobody on the floor. Jake, upon impulse, darted sideward, grabbing at the clock next to him. It was 2.57. He could feel his heart beating faster than ever it had before that. Perhaps it had all been a bad dream. Perhaps Mary was not there, but in an instant, Mary appeared out of the doorway.
4: The Diary of Heather Semmeral Whatever they've done so far, it's not even the beginning, trust me. "'They will get to you. Right now they're only toying with you. They will do things to you the likes of which you have never imagined—horrible things, things that no mind could begin to understand. They will make you suffer slowly and surely, and they will take your soul to whatever it is that they dwell.' You are not safe as long as you have anything to do with that house. You must leave at once.
5: The hatchet man. And I'm ready to fucking kill who's doing this. It soon seemed very ironic that Tony said these words. As soon as he finished, a head suddenly dropped from somewhere above onto the hood of the car. At first, both Tony and Ashley thought that the head was some sort of decoration. But soon, they mutually feared that it was not. Tony gulped heavily as he grabbed the hair on top of the head and held it up for inspection, turning it carefully. It was clear that the head belonged to the man that passed through the woods hours before, the man that stopped to inform Tony and Ashley about the place they had come to visit. Rachel can't
6: understand the strange sounds and goings-on in her house, or why her son all of a sudden has an imaginary friend, until he mentions the name Paul and what his friend wants. Rachel's deadly secret that she's kept buried for many years has now worked its way to the surface, only to take everything from her. Bodies will drop like flies if she doesn't come to terms with her past, and give in to the horrible demands of the dead. The doll, the devilish among the dimensions of existence, often steal what they cannot possess for themselves. For this reason, some find travel from this dimension to another thrust upon them with no warning or explanation. There is something about the house next door, nearly torn asunder by flames, but inside, a baby's cry seems impossible. It seems only to come from a faded photograph of a doll. When it is taken from its home, it seems to change, on its own, and with it, change the lives of those around it for the worse.